2: It's been two weeks since our last episode of Reopening Soon, and in that short time, our country is marching towards a long-awaited change. Stay-at-home orders to curb the COVID-19 pandemic are lifting across the country, for better or worse, uh, partially and also fully. Time will yield the result of how the pandemic has truly affected restaurants. But even bigger than the pandemic, spurred by police brutality and the death of George Floyd, The U.S. has been reckoning with a long history of systemic racism across all walks of life, including the hospitality world. That can be seen in regards to financial access, growth opportunity, and media coverage just to start. Today, we talk about what reopening means in this turbulent climate.
3: Our guest today is Chef Kwame Onwachi, executive chef and creator of Kith and Ken in Washington, D.C., which has actually just reopened for service this past Friday, so we're excited to talk about reopening soon with him. Kwame is a JBF rising star. I'm sure he needs no introduction to most of our listeners, as well as a food and wine best new chef. He is also the author of Notes from a Young Black Chef, and he is an active member of the Independent Restaurant Coalition, which has been advocating for the industry um, and support during the time of the COVID. Covid crisis. So, congrats on reopening this past Friday, I believe, Chef. We're so happy to have you here. Thank
4: you so much for having me. Thank you.
3: So, tell us, give us the rundown. What, um, tell us about what happened during the shutdown for you, and um, and tell us about your reopening plans.
4: Oh man, <laughs> I mean, these are just tough, tough times in general. Um, a lot of emotions um uh, to to navigate you know we have like two pandemics one racial and one uh covid um and yeah i mean the restaurant is definitely um it's it's interesting you know especially the reopening process because lo- lose or losing a sense of hospitality um And it's because we're being safe, you know, we're we're making sure that we have safety precautions in place for, you know, the safety of the guests as well as our employees. Um, And it's just taking some getting used to, you know, I remember approaching the table, you know, this past weekend and putting the plates on a tray six feet away from the, you know, at the end of the table, so the guests have to get up and get their own plate. So we're not like, you know, reaching over their shoulder and it's like a QR code to take a picture of for so the menu can pop up on their phone, you know, so they're not touching menus. So it's um it's interesting. It's interesting. It's gonna take a lot of getting used to. Wow. So is
3: that it a-
2: those are new things yeah. that, that I've heard. Yeah. Are those um put in place by uh local DC government or is that just something that your your group That's is? That's something
4: doing? that we do, yeah. We did that. Um we also have like um Like little straws and beverage nap napkins and like little little baggies. So when you order your drink, you get that, you know. So it's all sealed and, um, yeah. I mean the tables are super spread out, and then you have the elements, you know, because we can only do twenty five percent capacity outside. So our first day, of course.
3: No, <laughs> you're
4: like, no. <laughs> it, wasn't even a drizzle. it was like, you know, it's super sunny out. We're all sitting around, you know, it's a little overcast, but, and then buckets, so it's like a force all start coming down and we all run inside, have to bring all the tables inside, you know refire people's oh, food it was it was a disaster it's like what else what else, what else can it, happen?
3: you know but sometimes it's like good that it happens on the first day because it's like it can't get much worse you know what i mean it's like we're already at lower capacity like it's only it's only bright skies from here i don't know that's maybe a silver lining exactly.
2: um so 25 percent capacity Kwame. how does that even does that even work does that work for the the numbers at the end of the day or <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, we have to be 100% booked for
4: it to work. So how um, do you justify opening? I guess. I mean, we're trying to. We're, here's the thing, you know, we're 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 just figuring it out. So if it doesn't end up working out. You know, we're trying to cross our fingers that phase two comes quick. Right. And we can bump up to 50% capacity, but if it continues to not work financially, then. um I guess we'll, our, our hands will be forced and we'll have to close. Are
3: you guys doing any takeout or just like and only like um, full service?
4: Uh, we're just doing full service. Just doing
3: full service, yeah. And, and no, in and yeah. that, so basically you're 25% only allowed to seat outside or can you seat inside as well?
4: No, no. We can only do outside seating and that's what's problematic yeah. right now. Um, you know, we're also running on like a skeleton crew because we give everyone the option to come back. It wasn't like, okay, you know, we're about to open. Everyone comes back or you or you lose your job. It's like there's so much going on. You know, restaurants, unfortunately, are it's like the least of a lot of people's problems. Um, it's, it's one of the top of my problems. But like I'm not going to force people to come in. You know, they can come in whenever they want to um, and we'll have a job available for them, um, when the time comes and they're comfortable.
3: Are people not wanting to come in because they're like, because of like health risks, like in terms of the staff, or is it just like the overall climate of, you know, everything that's going on with protests and, um, the general climate that we're operating in, or is it a combination of both? What do you think there?
4: Um, it's a combination of both. You know, some people feel uncomfortable. Some people have elderly, you know, people that they live with, some people are at risk mm-hmm. as is, you know. So, um there's a lot of different reasons, you know, I try to respect their opinion uh opinion and not dig deep. Um, you know, if you don't want to I leave it as if you don't want to come back, you don't yeah. have to. It's totally voluntary. Um and yeah, hopefully we'll we'll be able to ramp up, but we don't we're, we don't really know what full capacity really look what when we will ever obtain full capacity again. Because, you know, even it's all said and done, you know, they give us hundred percent capacity availability, there's no vaccine. So there's a lot of people that are just apprehensive of being around people. We're in the business of gatherings and that's not the most attractive thing right now.
2: How has the um you've only got a couple of days on your belt, but how has the reception been to the to those changes that you talked about, having the food at the end of the table and the people having to get up. You know, some people are like very,
4: very thankful that we're taking all the necessary precautions for safety. And some people are annoyed, you know, to be honest. And, and I, I, in you know, we have these lineups or pre-shifts, you know, before service. And I warn the staff that because they're, people have their own opinions about this pandemic, you know, about like, should they wear a mask, you know, should. Like, should we really be going through all these precautions? Should we even be open right now? You know, everyone has their, their own opinions and we have to do what we can to keep everyone safe. Um, so just, <laughs> you know, respond in grace and don't let it get to you. Um, I had people that were like really upset that they couldn't get a menu and they had to point their phone at something. Um, oh my God. <laughs> or, they, or they had to wear a mask. Um, so it's just, it's just, it's just dealing with people. It's the same thing when, when we're regularly open before this pandemic. You know, People are annoyed with, with certain things and you know, people are particular. And that's just part of the business that we're in is dealing with people.
3: That's true. It's the people business, hospitality mm-hmm. business, for sure. Um, exactly. Exactly. Are, you, is, are your guests required to wear masks unless they're eating or just the...
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. and we, They have to uh, make reservations online so we can track them. Um, just in case anything happens, right. um, There's one you know one entrance, um, so we can monitor everyone that comes in. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I felt so awkward going to the table and dropping it off like six feet away from where the guest was sitting, and the food has a cloche mm-hmm. on it. You know, it's like it, it felt. weird. I mean, so
3: much of your food is about like this. It's about a story and a journey and how how are you mm-hmm. conveying that to the guests in this? I'm like, I'm laughing because I'm like thinking about, you know, having been to your restaurant and had some of your food, like just like mm-hmm. thinking about how does that experience translate? Like what are you, how are you conveying that? Like, w- you know?
4: Yeah. It's a new experience. <laughs> um I, I want to say it's a little disheartening, Um, you know, because I just remember you have these memories, vivid memories of before of, you know, Getting into it and explaining the dish, and um, being able to really connect. And there's definitely connections. Humans always can find a way to connect, right? But like I'm talking to this mask, and I feel like I feel like a, feel like, a feel like an idiot. And I know it's for a precaution, but it's like it's a muffled sound, and you know like, what? Like you know, I to repeat myself. So right now, it's really the menu is very very simplified. Um, I um, based the menu off of food that I grew up eating in like Caribbean takeout. So it's like, you get your rice and peas, you get your protein, you get, you know, cabbage, some plantains, and it's all on one plate, as opposed to like, you know, these little small side saucers and, you know, the rice in a little cute bowl. It's like all on one plate. And it's actually really good. It's like, <laughs> I get, um, excited eating it because it reminds me of my childhood so i'm still able to convey somewhat of a story i mean i'm not telling the tables that you know um but it's really just to get people some food um you know the the beverage menu is extremely simplified all the cocktails are batched you know we're not really shaking anything to order um and it's people that want to get a little escape you know and go to a restaurant and feel um a bit of normalcy, you know, that that's who it's for, you know, to give some access. So, you know, no, we're not making money right now. Um, We're not breaking even. Um, We're getting some people to work, which is great. And hopefully, we can ramp up into phase two soon and get more staff back um, and feed more people.
3: I mean, I think the comfort food angle, you know, it's like you want home-cooked food, you want to feel comforted. And this time between, as you said, like the two pandemics that are basically happening simultaneously, um, you know, I so I think that makes sense. And how has been like Reconveying that because I'm sure people who come back are like guests who have previously been to your restaurant. How has like conveying those changes mm-hmm. been? Are they like happy to see a change and just want to be out there, or what's what's that been like?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're the feedback has been amazing. I mean, I don't know if they're grading me on a curve now because there's not many restaurants <laughs> the open.
3: it's is way down. <laughs> it's so
4: down. It's it's great. I, I'm actually competing against them. So I think, you know, they've been eating for so
2: long. It's a testament. I mean, the people that are going to come through this thing are going to be, I mean, I feel like you can, the restaurateur that makes it through all this is going to be able to handle anything. Exactly. It'll be crazy. So Um, it's
4: been good. People are being, people are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's also streamlined the kitchen process as well. um, Making things easier to put together. Um,
2: So I think it's really interesting that like the restaurant industry has over the last 10-15 years has had this push towards sharing and small plates and like this community vibe on the table and now you almost have to in this time take it back completely to, to what cu- cuisine was 20 years ago where you have a protein and a carb and a star- and a veg on the on one plate, right? yeah
4: it's like it's a caribbean meet in three that's what we're doing
3: <laughs> i love it you just rebranded it caribbean meet in three you
4: just re-branded. that's it we're out let's go take it worldwide
3: <laughs> i mean it could be it could be a new fast casual concept i like it
4: um it could.
3: So, yeah. So tell us. So you, we mentioned, I think, obviously, everything else going on with um, the, you know, the reckoning that's basically happening with the systemic racism that's been happening in our country for 400 years spurred by Ger- George Floyd. And that's also going on, you know, against the backdrop of reopening with COVID. You know, how has reopening and that climate also affected, affected you and the restaurant and, and what you're doing right now? You
4: know, it's an issue that I've been talking about for a while. You know, I, I tell a lot of people, none of, none of this is new. It's, this has all been happening for a long time. Um, and, you know, being able to share it on our devices has just made people um, privy to it. Um, then you mix in people being at home and not at work and being uh, a lot of... It, a lot of um, anxiety surrounded just our everyday life. You know, we're staring at screens all day long now and not having much human interaction. And what's being fluttered on the screen is the killing of black people. And people are angry and they don't have to go to work tomorrow. So they're hitting the streets. And it's a great thing because we're making noise. Um, at the same time, it's, um, it's, it's sad, you know, I, I, I can't even tell you the amount of people that have hit me up, you know, and mostly white people asking, like, what can they do, you know, um, are you okay, uh, how can, how can I help, and it's like, I don't, uh, it, it's, sad. it's sad, on one side, it's sad to me because this has been happening, and, and why did it take this, you know, to, to make people realize, and two that burden shouldn't be put on black people again. You know, um, it's not something that we've caused. So to help fix it um, should be something that's internal um, and personal and a journey that people go on to, to learn more about it. You know, there's literature, there's books about it, there's movies about it. Um, you know, there are people that you can just get to know. and I think that's where, where you really make the change is, is in whatever bubble, whatever microcosm you live in, make those changes directly. Um, the way you're treating people, you know, the way you're staffing people, and then it'll trickle out. Um, and then also we, we really need to focus on our, our youth, our black youth, and making sure that they have the same opportunities that everyone else has.
3: Yeah, I know for sure. And in fact, you wrote a resource about this called yeah, notes from a young black chef. So, you know, people who, who haven't yeah, read yeah. it, read it. Um, for sure. A little plug there that, um, uh, is that, it's also, yeah, your, yep. it's also your, it'll be a movie, right? Or is that, those are, go, that's going forward, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and in your book, I mean, you talk about like what it's like to come up in restaurants, um, you know, as a black man and, and how, like, tell us a little bit about how it's affected the kind of leader that you are and, and for your team. Because um, there was an old way of doing things that I know you don't do and subscribe to. Wait, one more time. I was just saying, tell us like a little bit about you know how how like the way that you came up in restaurant has affected the kind of leader that you are for your team and and how you are impacting that change within your within your own team.
4: Yeah, I mean, listening is really really important. You know, I've I had the opportunity to work for some really great chefs. Um, I had the opportunity to work for some really bad ones. Um, you know, and I learned something from everyone of, you know, what to do and what not to do. So, um, so yeah, you know, what, what I try to do is listen, you know, and, and grow, um, and treat people with, with respect, you know, that I'd want to be treated with. And I'm not going to say, i sit here and say, I'm perfect at it. Um, something, you know, I'm, I'm always learning and, and trying to be better each and every day. Um, but making sure that you're listening to your team is, is something that's really, really important to me.
3: Yeah, we can all learn to listen right now. I think that's, that's, a, that's a big a big point.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: This episode is brought to you by Square. We all know that this is an incredibly challenging time for our friends running restaurants and small food businesses. With social distancing in place, people are staying home and eating in, and restaurants have had to pivot to pickup and delivery only. HRN would usually be recording our podcast from our studio inside Roberta's. But since they've had to close their dining room, they've ramped up their frozen pizza production, set up a wine and grocery shop, and seen their delivery orders skyrocket. Like Roberta's, many restaurants have been changing offerings day by day as they figure out how to best serve their customers. If you run a restaurant or small business, Square has the tools to help you adapt. One of these tools is the Square online store. It lets you set up a free online ordering page with curbside pickup and local delivery so you can keep customers safe. You can deliver orders yourself or integrate with delivery partners. Its order hub lets you manage all your incoming orders in one place no matter which delivery partners you choose to use. Square has all the tools to help you stay connected to customers no matter where they are. See everything that's available by visiting square.com go slash opening soon tell us about what things are going to look
3: like in phase two. So we, we were talking about phase two a little bit um, of like what reopening is going to be. And um, when is that supposed to happen? And, you know, are, what are you envisioning for changes there? And as we keep moving along,
4: change uh, in terms of like,
3: you know, how, is, what, like when is phase two planned for DC and like, what will you, will you guys have to keep evolving the restaurant or will you be able to make it work then?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's all going to be something that we play by ear, you know, um, get get together collectively. I think the menu is something that's going to have to slowly ramp up, back up into what it was before. Um, I think the um, safety precautions will, will continue to be there um, until we get a vaccine. So I'm not sure what exactly... The direction will be um, shifting differently than, you know, what I first explained of like, you know, bagging up the the straw and the napkin and wrapping up the silverware and, you know, dishes with cloches on them and six feet from all the guests and everybody wearing masks. I'm not sure what else will change from there, you know, until we get this vaccine. But I think it's going to be something that we're going to have to get used to, myself included
3: so hard to know what, um, what the right changes are going to be. And I know you've been working alongside the, um, as like a, you know, founding member of the IRC as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of, so there are some victories at least in all of this, right? They extended the PPP, which is, I know, something you guys were lobbying for. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the changes you feel like we need to see happen from the government, what support we need in order for restaurants who are independent to have a fighting chance?
4: Yeah, I mean we really need a restaurant stabilization fund because like I said, you know, we're open but that 25% capacity is not going to cut it, especially when it rains. So <laughs> uh, or
2: when it gets cold. I mean, what happens in yeah, what happens oh, in November if there's a spike in Exactly, right?
4: So pretty... we need some stabilization fund um to make sure that we can make it through this because even when we're at a hundred percent capacity, we're not gonna be at true 100% capacity. No, not everyone's gonna be running out to restaurants. Um, and that's what the IRC is fighting for amongst other things. So it's a new group where, you know, we're a collective of over 200 restaurants and, um, you know, we're just trying to fight for restaurants to make sure that they're still here at the end of the day. I, I know you all have been privy to the news of a bunch of restaurants closing, um, I think we've only seen we've only t- seen a tip of the iceberg um, of what's to come for the closure of restaurants.
2: Yeah, I think it's only I think it's going to get harder as people. I, I think a lot of restaurants, restaurateurs, have you know sort of held out for this day of things are lifted, you can go back to work, but may not necessarily be taking into account the amount of time that they might be at you know, partial capacity and partial capacity doesn't really work for many places. So Mm -hmm. it's a challenge. I think a lot of restaurants are pivoting concepts to have you thought about a a pivot at some point, would you, would you pivot the the concept of what you're doing before having to close up shop?
4: Yeah, I would pivot. I would try to make it work. Um, try everything, you know, take out a market, all of those things are, they're all on the table. Um, and this is just such the biggest learning process ever. There's not many who you can go to for for answers because we're all doing this for the first time together. So, um, so yeah, we just have to wait and see, and keep trying, and keep trying, and trying, and keep falling and getting back up. And if we have to rethink our whole concept, we do that. You know, if we have to close, unfortunately, then that's what we have to do. Um, but I think, you know, this restaurant industry is very resilient, so we'll figure it out one way or the other. I
3: think thing, yeah.
2: Have you seen, you don't have to just talk specifically about your restaurant, but have you seen that um, landlords and um, developments that are taking care of their tenants during this time in D.C.? I've seen
4: some that are and I see some that aren't. So I see both sides of it all. Um, it's unfortunate. Everyone's everyone's backs are against the wall though so uh, you know I think um, it's, it's it's just it's just a really touchy time um, because I don't know what situations they're in financially as well you know so like everyone is is hurting um, from like owners of buildings to tenants um, so I've seen both sides I've seen some that have given no help and that's why some restaurants have closed. And I've seen some that have. Um, I've seen some that have let, you know, restaurants only pay a certain percentage or pay what they can. Um, I think that's the right thing to do. But also, I don't own a building, so I don't really know the intricacies of that. So,
3: yeah. I so, mean yeah. I, The revenue-based, like, the revenue-based rent has really makes sense for restaurants during this time. It is like, you know, ultimately, it's going to be the banks who have to, let the landlords off the hook for some of these you know some of the mortgages and Mm -hmm. such and it's just like it basically has to keep getting kicked further and further up the chain it's just such a a challenging thing but i think it's worth it to keep the conversation going with your landlord if you are having an issue so that they can try to keep pushing back um yeah it's such a touchy challenging thing what um Like what are what bright spots do you see coming out of all of this? Both you know, both COVID, and sorry, Alex is we're have child. We're still working from home. We're still podcasting from home. So like,
4: my dog was like crying, and I I text my. Fiance, like, please. please get the dog, I'm on a podcast. I know, help.
3: help. <laughs> yeah, so it's like if you hear screaming kids, voices in the background, screaming toddlers, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> it's like, again, like it the new is. world that we're working in. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I guess like what, what bright spots do you see coming out of this climate, both from, from COVID and, you know, from from everything else with the protests that are going on?
4: I mean, I think it's a wake-up call for certain people to um, to change, you know, to look at the way that they've been treating people and, um, remedy that. And, you know, the restaurant industry is getting a huge reset button as well. Yeah. You know, whether it's the way that you're treating your employees or, um, the way that you're staffing, um, you know, there's so many ways to like, not go back to what we were doing before. And, you know, to really take this time to think about, Think about that moving forward and what you stand for and what you believe in.
3: I mean, I think that's true with the restaurant industry too. It's like so many people are paycheck to paycheck. The way that we operate restaurants on slim margins, the way that we pay people, all of, all of those things, um, it really is truly, I think, a reset button for, for mm-hmm. so many ways. Um,
4: yeah. Like the veil has been released. It's been pulled back on the restaurant industry. It's not sustainable. How do we make it sustainable? How do you make the business viable um, for ourselves and for our staff? So, just like our staff lives paycheck to paycheck, so do restaurant owners. We're paying, you know, yesterday's bills with today's profits, um, and it's a constant catch up game of catch up. So, I don't think it's a smart business, and maybe it's the way that we've been we've been doing it. So, we need to really reevaluate that. So this industry can survive, you know, another pandemic if it comes.
3: I hope not for another hundred years. I'm like <laughs> done let's, with let's the pandemic. Take a break on that one, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's true. It's like hopefully, will you know, people come out of this? Is with the businesses will be stronger, and that's that's the hope. Um, we like to always shout out restaurants that are opening soon in our show. Right now, it's reopening soon. So, is there any anybody or any um, other restaurants that are reopening that you want to have on the horizon?
4: Um, does it have to be a restaurant?
3: Nope. Could be anything. Yeah. Shout out to I want to shout out
4: this um, food collective called All I Do is Cook. It's a food delivery service um, out of Texas, and they ship African food all around the country. And um, they're open and – they shipped me something recently, and it was one of the best meals I've had in a long time.
3: Is it so, like? Is it like pre? It's like prepackaged food, or is it?
4: It's like cryovac Um Cool. It, like it has like cold packs all around it, and you can get like your favorite Nigerian classics. Um, so the website is like All I Do Is Cook dot com, um, and they deliver all across the country. So. Very cool. Checking it
3: out. Um, right now. All right. Well, I wanted to shout out Bakers Against Racism, who is started by Paula, who we all love dearly, was the um, pastry chef, and they're doing a virtual bake sale from the fifteenth to the twenty first. So. Get on that. They have a website, and then there's also the um, RWCF. They're doing a talk with Clay from Black Food Folks um, on six seventeen at eleven a.m. That's the Restaurant Workers um, Relief Fund, and they have been doing a lot of great work in fundraising for restaurant workers who are out of out of work, and they're doing a lot of education right now. So tune into that. Um, All right. Well, anything else you want to share before we sign off?
4: No, um, you know, try to live your life with peace, love, and, um, you know, and acceptance for all.
3: That's all we can hope for. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find you on the socials.
4: Oh, I'm uh, Chef Kwame on Wachi on Instagram and Chef Kwame on Twitter.
3: Thanks so much for joining us today. It was so nice to catch up. Thank you for being
4: with us. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
3: Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better,